Welcome to Intel's Conversations in the Cloud. I'm your host, Jake Smith. Join me as I speak with guests from across the world about the latest advancements in cloud and edge computing, data center technology, network infrastructure, security, artificial intelligence, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be in the world, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. My name is Jake Smith, and I am joined today by Marcus Lippus, co-founder and data science lead at Mind Titan. Welcome, Marcus. Hello. Nice to be here. So, Marcus, thanks for joining our little podcast here. Can you tell us a little bit about Mind Titan, and also tell me a little bit about your background and how you came to be a co-founder of a next-generation AI machine learning company? Well, Mind Titan, in general, how Mind started was actually as a machine learning agency. So, the goal of the company was to solve other people's problems with machine learning. It's not exactly an old company, but neither is AI. So when we started in about 2016, selling people on the idea of doing machine learning or in general, like machine learning, it doesn't really guarantee results. So just telling someone that we're going to try and solve a problem, but maybe it's not going to work out, but it's going to take a lot of time and cost a lot of money anyway, was quite a difficult prospect. But by now it's gotten significantly easier. From the really beginning, the idea was to try out different kinds of ideas, see what the market needs and which solutions are repeatable, and try to spin off those into products. And by now, it's just happened that customer service automation and also all kinds of speech technologies have gotten so far, and there's such a market need for them that it seemed like an obvious choice already, like, let's say, two years ago. So you jumped in early into the AI, I don't want to say business, because AI is so much more, it's the science of AI. What got you intrigued with the science of AI? Well, for me personally, it was like a curious journey in the sense that I started out as a biologist because I was afraid of maths, but wanted to do natural sciences. <laughs> Being a data science lead now is kind of a curious step in that sense. But I guess like what really got me interested was that I started from biology. I started doing bioinformatics and working on bacterial genomes. So I realized that there is a vast amount of data that is very, very hard to analyze manually and very hard to analyze for people who aren't that knowledgeable in IT and data processing technologies. From there, I saw like the interesting work that's being done with data science and also in bioinformatics and biological sciences. And I realized that this is kind of the way to go. Like a lot of stuff is going to be done using these kinds of tools already at the time, like using machine learning and biotechnologies has really taken off in the past few years. But already then you could see that this is really the place where a lot of the cool use cases are probably going to come from. So for me, it was immensely intriguing from both my background and for realizing the potential of the technologies. You know, it's interesting. My mother was a biologist, so I have a soft, soft spot in my heart for that. So I'm so glad to have a biologist on the show. And so I really do want to talk about the Intel Optimized Solutions Titan CS. Can you give our listeners a little bit of a background on this first AI-powered call center automation solution? Absolutely. The solution was developed together with their first partner, who is a second largest telco in Estonia. And they had a really specific problem that they wanted us to solve and no clear way to initially solve it was that there are a lot of incoming customer requests that need solutions and they need good quality solutions. 
the area is quite difficult because it's hard to find people. It's hard to find enough people. It's hard to train those people because the job is like fairly demanding. Then the turnover rate is also fairly high. So like you have a single person for about 14 months and the first three months you train them and the last three months they're already looking for a new job. So there's a limited amount of like maximum usefulness uh, working time or like high seniority time that the person has at the company. Because like if you're talking about any larger company, then the amount of detailed knowledge a person has to have to help solve a customer's problem, that's quite significant. They initially, they approached us with a smaller problem, which was to automate the simplest incoming queries. Because at the time, chatbots were slowly becoming gold rage. They weren't even close to the peak yet. It took about a year from that still, but that's where we started. We started with chats. But the thing is that if you met any chatbots in your life, then you know that you don't like to use them probably. A lot of people don't. It's an inconvenient platform that people aren't really accustomed to. So most people will remain on the phones and they will call with whichever problem they have. So from there, we kind of got the idea that if we really want to make a difference or if we really want to start automating those incoming contacts, then we have to work with also speech. When we're building those kinds of robots or automation to the incoming context, then regardless of the channel, you actually, you still have a shared knowledge base in the sense that the solutions to a person's problems are still going to be following the same rules, same flows, regardless of the channel that you use. So there we got the idea that like you could also use that knowledge base for not for only automating, because like AI is usually not perfect or like never really perfect. So when it is confused in cases where a person's intervention is required, you can still have the person interact with the customer, but the AI is there to suggest possible solutions from that same knowledge base that is used by the bot. The solution kind of grew piece by piece as we saw how we need to tackle additional problems, additional channels, and also realize how what we have already built could be used for different purposes than we initially had even thought of. Well, you know, you had opportunities to do things because you actually started to build some models that started to scale. So can you talk about the work that you did with Intel around PyTorch and our extension and how that benefited MindTitan? Absolutely. When you think about where we use it mostly is in the calls part. So like where a person calls in, you do uh, speech recognition to understand what they actually said. And this basically transforms the speech into text. And the next step would be to understand what the text means. It is not impossible, but it's fairly uncommon to understand speech directly. So it's like a two-step process. Where Intel has been most useful and the optimizations have been most useful is in the text classification. Because when you think about like the process itself, like the person calls in and they speak for a while, they describe their problem or like whatever question they have. The machine transcribe it. This happens, of course, in real time. Otherwise, it would be way too slow. But then the person stops talking and you have to like understand what's the intent of the person. This classification, then like the duration, the person has to wait. And if you're waiting on a phone and nothing's really happening, then you don't know if something's broken or what's going to happen now, especially if you're talking to a machine for the first time. So we used in the text classification step and it actually speeds up the classification parts from 1.7 to 3 times, depending on the classifier. You have a lot of different classifiers, different steps. Like if you want to have a conversation, then it needs to be able to understand, like, for example, what's your intent with this sentence? Like, is there anything I need to specify? So there's a bunch of machine learning models that are running on the back end. And those that are dealing with text, 
are especially time critical. And the install optimizations gave us a significant boost in performance for these models. Well, you know, that's such a great story, and I love the collaboration, and we're very honored to have you a part of the AI Builders program. Can you talk a little bit about your customer and the customer case study? I think it's really good for our listeners to get some real-world data. This is not a small telecommunications company relative to your country. Oh, yeah. I mean, globally, it probably relatively is, but yeah, it's dealing with about 300,000 customers. So we're talking about like... Was it 70,000 calls a month? So as I said, we built the use case level by level. We initially started with just routing. So the first issue was that you have this IVR system at the start of the call, which is like asking you to press buttons to get to the right place, or in our case, also choose language and so on. This is not only cumbersome, but people also get lost there for various reasons, sometimes simply impatience. But um, it's about like 35% people get routed to the wrong place. And just waiting to hear the prompts and then to react to them and press the buttons, it takes a lot of time. To reduce that time, then the idea was that maybe we can just like have a machine listen to the call and start routing. That was basically the MVP of this tool was this routing machine there. It turned out that it's quite possible to get about 90% accuracy when just routing those calls, which already gave us a significant boost compared to what was happening before that. Well, at that point, now the customer is really excited and you're pleasing the customer. So that's great. Where can our listeners learn more about MindTitan and the work that we do together? That's fairly simple. You can visit our homepage at mindtitan.com. There's a blog in which we have a bunch of different case studies for different problems that we've solved. As I said previously, we're an agency, so there are a lot of different industries, a lot of different fields that we worked in. But because, yeah, with this, the same telco, Elisa, is, is our longest standing partner, like literally from the beginning of the company. We have a lot of case studies about them, and we share also some numbers, efficiency increases, how the platforms work together. There's quite a bit of details about how the whole system works there. Well, that's perfect for what our listeners need to hear, Marcus. What I do want to ask is my favorite part of every podcast. Where does the future of AI go from here? And where are your thoughts about the role of AI in society? Hmm. That is a large and difficult question. Well, predicting the future is always quite a thankless task, but I do think that there will be a long time during which AI will develop to be better on like really small single tasks, like understanding human speech and classifying it into limited set of classes. It will develop for a significant time to be better and better and better at those tasks. And during that time in the society, we will also work as a companion to people in a sense that it's helping automate some really simple stuff. So like, as I said previously, the customer support center employee turnover rate is relatively high. And that is also due to the fact that the work is relatively complicated and like hard to do and it's stressful. And the way that machine learning is developing right now, it is developing two directions that will allow us to automate such more simple tasks. But at the same time, when you think about like what are the tasks that are going to be left to the people in the customer support, these are the jobs that actually require human contact. So like, for example, you will never or never say never, but in the foreseeable future, you probably won't replace a sales agent with a machine. 
you're not going to persuade someone to upgrade their package. This would require significantly more understanding of the world than I think the machines right now are capable of having. And I think also that the technology, like the deep neural networks, like the base technology that is used for most of these things, it's going to limit the development of AI up to that point until we find something that is better able to learn context and get a bigger picture and actually like really understand things. Then I think that AI will play the role of assistant, helping people be more efficient at some tasks, automating some simpler tasks altogether, but nothing more significant, I think. Well, that's a brilliant answer. And I love it. AI is merely an assistant. Well, on behalf of Marcus Lapus, co-founder at Data Science Lead at Mind Titan. My name is Jake Smith, and this has been another episode of Conversations in the Cloud. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you a good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Yeah.